0: Willow Creek Springs presents Healthy Living with your host Joe Grumbine. Okay so I would like to welcome everybody to the Healthy Living podcast and this is a podcast sponsored by Willow Creek Springs and uh, I'm Joe Grumbine your host. I am Uh, the president of Willow Creek Springs and the formulator, been working with um, trying to live a healthy life for the last several years, at least. And uh, I've come to realize that uh, there's more to it than any of us ever thought or were told. And so we've created this podcast as a platform to uh, share ideas and uh, hopefully uh, create a value both for the people speaking and the people listening. I have with me today a very special guest. um, And uh, his name is Jeffrey Raber. And I've known Jeff for, geez, how far back did we go? (laughs) Almost 15 years?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think I met you in 2010 when we were getting started. Is that right? Like through Liz McDuffie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. Liz McDuffie was actually my first... uh, My first uh, podcast guest, she she was kind of a a core um, person that introduced me to so many people through her platform.
1: She is an amazing connector. Like So many people's roots go back to there. And I went down and had a biochemistry undergraduate degree. So I really like both biology and chemistry. When I was introduced to organic chemistry in college, I fell absolutely in love with that one, Um, even though most of the the medical professionals uh, seem to have hated that class the most. (laughs) Um, Always get that comment. There are a few that liked it, Um, and I was one of those few, and I went on to graduate. graduate school and came out to Los Angeles and attended uh, University of Southern California for my PhD in organic chemistry. And I worked there in new synthetic methodologies, trying to make um, molecular scaffolds or new generic drug manufacturing processes. So worked in drug discovery, drug design, how do we create um, molecules for medicines, and how do you kind of look at the the pharmaceutical world in ways that you might be able to impact that? When you try to look at generic manufacturing, it's really the best chemical process wins, and you're trying to make something really cost effective. It's kind of um, kind of like commodity medicine in a way. How do you make? the the medicine of interest in the most cost-effective, uh, efficient manner, so that that would be the one that wins in the generic game. So I always thought trying to get things low cost was the right way, um, and then I came to learn about cannabis... In the end of 2008, my brother was asked to, at a construction company, was asked to build a storefront dispensary in, <laughs> uh, yeah, was, what you didn't know was that at the very beginning until they said that we put the plexiglass window here. He so said, what is that for? Uh, <laughs> uh, and that was in um, in Orange County at the uh, in Lake Forest in the end of 2008. And that was where my interest in medical cannabis kind of came about. So he said they could do so legally under state laws for medical reasons. There was a voter initiative that passed in 1996. We didn't know that I moved out in California in 97, wasn't you know politically interested or activated in, in any way whatsoever, was focused on school. Um, but, you know, came to, to look at cannabis and say, wow, this is, this is fascinating. There is a ton of potential here to kind of modulate the body. Um, in graduate school, I had learned about leukotrienes and lipoxins. They are two of the body's internal molecules that make, um, anti-inflammatory cascades. They're very important in that regard. And the third leg of the arachidonic acid stool is endocannabinoids like anandamide. So I had learned about two of those three pieces from arachidonic acid. The books didn't have the third one, um, <laughs> for, you know, for the endocannabinoid piece yet. And starting to see that in the literature and researching, you know, wow, there's this amazing, you know, system of balance, right? There are three legs to the stool, you stand better on that. Um, One-legged stools are very difficult to sit on, too, as well. Um, So, you know, kind of thought, well, this is really interesting and there's a lot of potential through cannabis as a plant because it has so many different molecules, right? We learn, you hear most about THC and the psychoactive um, potential for that. But when you look at the plant and all it has to offer, you know, it doesn't even manufacture THC, but THCA instead. And you start to think um, how many different molecules might be here that could offer therapeutic benefits. And I think the big piece of that, though, for me, was it. It teaches you. It's a system of balance, right? So when we're in a disease state, out of disease, um, you know, how do we bring ourselves back to a state of ease and a new state of homeostasis that says I'm balanced and I feel comfortable within myself and within my environment. Um, and it, to me, that's what cannabis is trying to tell us. Like, hey, I can help you modulate your body to become more balanced with yourself and your environment. As we get older, as our physiology changes, you know, as we introduce new foods or new activities to ourselves, we're kind of always trying to wrestle with a good state of balance. And I think you know, healthy living to me represents the best balance for yourself. Some folks can have wildly different diets than others. I think in general, we're starting to learn a little bit more about what we should eat um, population wise. And we still have a lot to learn in the uh, nutrition uh, realm, in my opinion. I think um, when they say food is the best medicine, right? If you eat really good food and take care of yourself, right, (laughs) you don't necessarily have to uh, take any other medicines if you do that the right way. And I think cannabis kind of leans along Along both lines, right? Like you could eat it as a, as a salad dressing, right? Like you just throw the leaves in your salad. You could have, you know, endocannabinoid modulation through that. Small amounts of THC acid would be very helpful in that regard. And there's um, a lot that goes on with, you know, what am I eating to help me feel good and stay well, uh, as opposed to having me get out of balance in that regard. So I kind of embarked on, on that a number of years ago. And soon after I started, I, I went um, vegan so i went diet um i really had and you know as a scientist ran an interesting experiment i i got test results from i think it was a life insurance policy that said i had very bad cholesterol Mm -hmm. sorry i had a i had a physical that said i had bad cholesterol i watched forks over knives and i said well that just seems like it's too good to be true if i could just go eat you know a really good whole plant diet uh, would i really be able to impact my numbers that well so i tried and i said look i'll just go commit to doing this for the next 6 weeks because i have a life insurance policy that will give me another data point i can get my blood work done there and we'll kind of you know run the experiment that way and my cholesterol dropped 100 points in that short period of time so i was like okay i'm convinced and not only that but i felt better i had more energy i was sleeping better i basically looked at it like my body had a better way of not having to process all the stuff that it didn't want to deal with and i just was better off myself now i don't think that that may be best for everyone you know everyone should probably find the right thing for them And I think it is, again, a system of balance, modulation, moderation. You know, you can have some things here or there. Um, It's just really what's best for you and your particular, you know, machinery, which is dictated predominantly by a lot of your genetics, but then also further modulated by your environment and your habits. So it's...
0: That's a a huge point. Uh, You know, there's so much marketing and so many, uh, you know, points of view. I, I have a friend who You know, was was three hundred or you know one hundred fifty pounds overweight, and he went on a carnivore diet, and he's lost ninety pounds doing it. And you know, and 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 you got to say to yourself, okay, you know, he looks healthier than I've ever seen him, and he's doing you know entirely the opposite. And and I think the point is really that you you keep you've mentioned it a couple of times that we're all unique, and we're all a different piece of equipment, and we all have different needs. And I think that's maybe what's missing a lot in, in modern medicine is, is that evaluating of your uniqueness. I think there's a lot of, you know, cookie cutter diagnoses that go (laughs) on.
1: Yeah, I think there is a lot of that, right. And I think, it kind of helps with cannabis thinking, what's how individualized is individualized medicine? Is it really like one composition of things for one person? Or can I say, hey, these basic compositions are good for 50% or 80% of the people? You know, if you look at how did we get here? Um, And I always try and think, what might have been the right way for stuff a 1000 years ago, 10,000 right. years ago, right? Like we've evolved probably a little bit in that time, not a great deal. So what were we eating back then? How did we go about that? You know, we've extended our lifelines significantly through modern medicine. That's good. We've gotten the human genome project said, here's all the DNA sequences. But what we've learned from that was here's all the letters. <laughs> we didn't really learn, you know, when they're turned on <laughs> or turned off. We didn't really learn, you know, which ones are good for whom. I think we're still, you know, on the cutting edge of that, right? We don't sequence every single person's genome just yet, but that's coming. Um, we're starting to learn. Hey, there's a lot of, you know, variations, and maybe some of these are important for certain diseases. We're getting some of those pieces for sure. We can see things like certain cancers that way. Um, but we're still like, we still have a lot to learn. I think it's always important to remember we don't know everything. Um, and the easy way to think of that is like, we still think there's 95% of the universe we don't know about, right? It's all, it's all dark matter. Well, exactly. That's just <laughs> stuff we don't understand yet. <laughs> so I always um,
0: tell people that, you know, if if you actually knew what you were made of, you know and 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 if we actually knew what that really was you know it would it would change everything you know we we're mostly made of nothing right <laughs> yeah. how is it that we can't walk through everything i yeah. mean you know it's 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 it's, it's wild I, I i love talking with people that that are uh, on this on this plane because it's it's so important that as as we're having a discussion about something that's basic and, and affects us all to actually look at it from a point of view that says, "Well, people say science as though it's this this determined thing that's that that has a beginning and an end." And I'm like, "No, it's it's you're you're riding on a missile going up. It's just about the speed of light, and hopefully, you know, you keep going until you find the thing you're looking for."
1: Right. And I think as a scientist, you have to always have an open mind. You think you know what you know, but you always have to be ready to realize there's new data that said I was wrong or there's something else that I didn't know that I now know now and I have to go back and rework my thinking and say I can go better from here. So it's kind of like a constant evolution of learning, improving, relearning, improving again and trying to put all the pieces together. But it's a huge and very complex picture and when you start to talk about, you know, physiological equilibria, like we're saying like what what balances me? So am I breathing molecules on the freeway that are impacting me? probably so. What foods am I putting in there? That's a big one, right? What am I doing to process them? Am I exercising or not? Do I have external stressors or am I finding relief? Am I taking a walk through the pine forest and getting, you know, a pine bath with the lovely terpenes that'll make me feel better um, walking by the ocean? Or am I, you know, in a high rise complex and I'm sitting here listening to the buzz of electricity (laughs) all day, every day because I was locked down for a while? Um, That you know, those environmental pieces, I don't think we give them a ton of credence all the time, but they are external influences on us, you know, from the lights and the computer screens and everything else that you have, those are going to start to try and modulate your homeostasis. So what do you do to kind of balance those? As you, you know, get older, right, you start in one environment when you're younger, you may move in different places, you go off to college or school, you get a job in a different location, all of a sudden your external environment is very different and will force you to kind of modulate yourself in different ways. So do you need to pick up different exercise habits, do you start to need to eat different foods. Um, you know, little kids and certainly myself when I was younger could process foods differently than I know I do now. Um, Certainly very sensitive to dairy. And that was probably built up a little bit of what would be almost like a dairy allergy. So I come from Pennsylvania. Uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, in fact, is right next door to my hometown. And, you know, the land of Hershey's chocolate. And they set it up there because of the dairy that was there. So I, you know, I had awesome ice cream. <laughs> I had had it every <laughs> single day, right? Ate a lot of, you know, pizza and cheese and cheeses everywhere. So all of those things eventually, I think were really impacting me myself. And that, you know, influence led to inflammation. It led to other things going wrong. And I could see it first in probably um, my blood markers for cholesterol, but I also had irritable bowel syndrome. I had, you know, which is a wonderful diagnosis where they say we've tried to look for everything else, but we don't know what it is um, it's probably better termed inflammation and what the root cause of that could be a number of different things. Um, for me, I think a big piece of that was, was dairy. So if, you know, if for some reason I didn't notice, uh, or didn't pay attention and there was some dairy or if I went out and some of it, you know, got into something I ate, I can immediately tell. So I, I have a pretty good indicator now that, okay, I'm sensitive to that. And I've talked to a number of other folks that said, eventually they got to a similar place. You know, too much of anything, your body's going to respond differently. It's going to try and either just, you know, get rid of it right away or process it in different fashions. Um, and I think you have to always be paying attention to yourself and what your body's telling you. Like sometimes I think men are probably worse at this than many others. Oh, it hurts a little bit. I'll ignore it. No, I won't yeah, go I'll
0: just power through it. I'll, be okay. <laughs> I'll just
1: push through it. It's fine. It's just a little pain. It's okay. <laughs> Um, But that can be really, really bad for you. Um, So listening to yourself and thinking, where am I at in my environment? How might this have been different than where I had been, you know, even a year ago or a couple of months ago? And what might I need to do to change that? Um, You know, I think we know exercise is good. But what is our lifestyle like mostly today? I mean, if you're in Los Angeles, you're in the car a lot of the time. That's not healthy for you. That's sedentary. Um, I've heard a number of doctors tell me sitting's the new smoking. Right. right. Where it's really, really bad for you and your cardiovascular system. It's just bad for your health. Right. Um, so how can we get up and get around some more? I felt super lucky during the pandemic that we lived in Southern California. We could go out and walk every day. Right. You know, the weather was great. We weren't you know, stuck inside in a snowstorm. <laughs> Um, but I think you know we have devices, we have things that we we want to do while we're sitting all the time. It's really a conscious effort to say I've got to get up and move around. I've got to get up and exercise. I got to you know do more for my body to to make sure everything's working in a good fashion and I'm staying healthy in that way. So um, you know
0: you you bring up uh, a, a lot of points that I think are are really important. I have people you know that come to me all the time. I lost fifty pounds about three almost three and a half years ago. And um, it, it was a life changer for me. My dad passed away at 70 years old and I was heading down the same road he was. And I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> <And> I was, <laughs> that's not going to happen to me. So, so I, I made some serious life changes, but you made a point that I think is really important is you got to listen to your body. You know, we're all so, so wildly different. And, and as you were talking about chemistry and you think about the internal chemistry that's going on inside your body at any given moment and and the the variables and variations and all the things that are happening, all these complex uh, uh, reactions that are happening all the time. And, and then we're busy putting in all these different uh variables on the regular we're breathing in air from different places we're taking electrical stimulus we're eating drinking uh or not eating and not drinking we we're, 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 we're moving or not moving all of these things are affecting everything all the time and and then you you take in pharmaceuticals you know today in this world I don't know anybody besides myself and a handful of others that aren't that are over 50 and not on you know, a bunch of daily meds, right? And yep. what is that? More chemicals, more chemistry going on might be really important and, and good for you, might have negative consequences. But the point is, how do you listen to your body until you can tune out certain things? Like you, when you decided to go vegan, you made this one change you know, and, and, and then you had a established sort of a baseline. He says, well, I'm here right now. I'm going to do this one thing for this period of time. And then I'm going to look at this same thing uh, in six weeks later. And you were able to say, okay, well, this seemed to have caused that. And you can come up with some sort of a a, a conclusion based on that. I, I think so many people are, are wrapped up in trying to, you know, get better or get healthy. And, you know, I, people ask me, well, what's good for this? What's good for that? And I, I always say, listen, you got to get to know yourself. You got to you gotta come <laughs> yeah. to a place where you say, well, here's how I normally am at this time or this in this point. And what do you think about, you know, the, the nest, the need for kind of creating a baseline
1: Yeah, I think that's the, the right way to think about it. What's good for you, right? What's important for me as the individual, right? What we get is significantly generalized, right? So most people are like this. Most things should be this way. Here's the generalized info. Well, is that, you know, tailored for me as the unique individual? I mean, we don't all look the same. We're not all the same height and weight, right? We don't all have the same physical or, or otherwise abilities. So we're all different and unique in some fashion. So shouldn't my physiology, therefore, some be somewhat unique and different in some fashion? You know, it's a bell curve. Where am I at on that distribution? So everybody doesn't fit in the mass middle, but that is what marketing and generalized, you know, medicine information and things like that really are geared towards. I want to hit the broadest distribution of people with the least amount of effort. That's what economics will drive me to, right? I'm trying to capture 80, 85, 90% of the folks with this product or this messaging, but That might not be where you're at. You might be, you know, some of those few percent that are outside of that. So understanding yourself, getting your own baseline, I think it is really helpful today that we've got a lot of other, you know, diagnostic tools, a lot of other medicinal tests that we could run, talking to your general practitioner and saying, hey, I'd like to really just know where I'm at. Sometimes they'll say, well, why do you need to know? You seem healthy to me. (laughs) Because I'd like to stay healthy or I'd like (laughs) to watch these things. I want to, you know, just get a basic fundamental baseline so that if there is a change, I can compare it. So my eye doctor does that kind of thing too. He's like, we can take a picture of your eye to just see the blood vessels and everything else that's there. And it will tell us like later down the road, you know, we can also take these pictures and say, hey, that doesn't look normal. I'm like, well, if you only took it later down the road, would you have a normal thing to compare it to? Right. Didn't take it now. So why don't we just get one now and then we can take one, you know, every few years is fine. But you need some sort of, you know, baseline understanding of where you're at. So it's great if you say I feel really healthy. Like that's probably a great place to go get it. And then you could say, you know, I don't feel healthy 5 years from now. I have, you know, let's go get the markers again, get all the tests that I can and say which ones were different and in which significant ways. That information could really help you understand what you need to change and how you need to modulate your activities or inputs so that you can get back to that feeling healthy standpoint. Um, we can't infinitely be, you know, healthy. I think we'd like to all stretch that as long as possible, but <laughs> there is a finite end point at some point for us. It, it seems that that keeps getting longer, which is good. And that's a testament to understanding what keeps us running well, you know, what inputs and foods we should take. Um, and modern medicine has certainly helped a ton of folks, you know, blood pressure medication, other types of things, you know, for diabetes, things like that. But you have to ask, how did we get there? Like, was that normally happening and we just never tested it before? Or was there dietary reasons that drove people into larger amounts of hypertension? It's probably more of a combination of diet plus lack of exercise, plus other external stressors and time kind of led towards these, you know, new steady state conditions where someone's got hypertension or other types of, you know, lipidemia problems. So, how do I, you know, how do I kind of evolve and balance myself with my inputs and my lifestyle? Hopefully trying to avoid the need for anything that's not, you know, a natural-based food or something of that type. Um, it's it's complicated, right? It's not very simple. And we're still learning a lot about all of it, I would say.
0: With with regards to food, you know, in, in my journey of of you know, getting healthy and and trying to stay that way. Um I, I studied a lot of different, you know, read a lot of different authors on the subject, and you know, the problem with with anything is you get people with wildly different opinions, and and you know, <laughs> you have studies that show, and you're like, okay, I, I I would certainly like to get your opinion about studies that show, you know, because you can get studies that show anything, if you look <laughs> hard <laughs> enough. And, Depends and how you've you designed
1: look, that study. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and and but one of the points that came up. Um, I was listening to a guy named Dr. Gundry, and he was talking about uh, lectins and plant proteins and and, um, inflammation in particular. You know, we talk about inflammation a lot. Now we're discovering or understanding, you know, how prevalent it is in most people's unhealthiness, right? And uh, one of the things that he brought up was our diet, how it's changed, you know, in the last few hundred years uh, and, and our gut biome not having the time to catch up. So, you know, uh, 10,000 years ago, we could only eat food that was, you know, proximate to us. There's no, there, right. we had no way to get food that didn't, didn't grow up near
1: us it eating. The wasn't trucked soil. into us. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 And now today we eat food from everywhere in the world. And, and so, you know, the complexity of the, of the gut biome and its ability to uh, to, to absorb and process and, and, and also, you know, um, the the negative side of that, it's, it's reactivity and sensitivity to certain things. Um, you know, what do you think that that plays into this whole equation?
1: No, I definitely think there's a huge piece there, right? We know that there's a, a gut brain axis, right? That those things are related and connected. The largest, you know, nervous system per se might be your gut <laughs> your your entire you know system there that is influenced by the microbiota that are present so the gut microbiome hugely hugely important right i think we've got enough data now to know it is very important and critical towards a number of disease states and to a number of pieces that relate to us being healthy and living well We don't know exactly, though, which things influence them in which ways, or which ways it might be askew, or what's the right, you know, best balance for each individual. I think we still have um, a lot to learn in that regard, but they have seen, you know, these changes may indicate that this is the disease state you're at. This type of profile is lending towards greater inflammation, which is causing other types of disease problems. There is most definitely a lot there. And when you think, you know what did we eat a thousand or ten thousand years ago?" Well, it probably wasn't Starbucks breakfast or McDonald's, you know, (laughs) right? Like we didn't have that convenience of all this, you know, other stuff, right? So we are unfortunately creatures of convenience, right? We get media and information instantly in our fingertips. Now we can have any type of food that we would want basically by walking down the street, you know, into a grocery store or other convenience store um, and as well as, you know, what types of places might I go to grab that food? Um, If I'm on the run, I want something quick. Well, there is a thousand options for that kind of stuff these days. Are they the best things for me? And, uh, you know, even the plant-based foods, how processed might they be? You know, like whole plant means I'm trying to stick as close to the earth and do as little processing perhaps as possible. Certainly can prepare food. Some foods are better if I heat them or not, but some are better when I haven't heated them because I'm going to destroy some of the beneficial pieces that I would ingest otherwise if I just ate it raw. Um, But, you know, you to, to take a, let's say, make a radical change, right? From maybe where you're at today to something else, that's really, really hard. Sometimes we can get to that place by going incremental. Um, anything that you can do is going to lend towards some improvement. You might need to do all of it till you finally get to the place that you want to go. But, you know, just starting to get on the path and saying, okay, I'm going to make some incremental changes. I'm going to do some, you know, eat better three times a week, then I'm going to eat better five times a week, you know, three months from now. And now I really like this, that becomes easier to get to that seven days a week. Okay. Now I'm going to start to exercise a little bit after that. Um, you know, if you try to do everything at once.